0: This podcast is sponsored by XGrowth. XGrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid-market deals, XGrowth is the agency to help. XGrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like something you're interested to know more about, make sure to check out XGrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency.
1: What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from X Growth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about the yeses and nos to achieving those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show.
2: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth and today I'm talking to our very own Dean McGinnis, ABM strategist at X-Growth. Hello, Dean. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. This is the first time we're doing this. so So we're going to run this episode a bit differently from our usual episodes. And we thought that there is a lot of expertise and knowledge within Xgrowth and that we could potentially share some of this with wider audience when it comes to ABM. There are questions that we get asked often or challenges that our clients are going through regularly. And because of that, we decided to start a series on our podcast where we talk about practical and actionable information to our audience when it comes to ABM. And today we're specifically talking about where to start with ABM and what are the foundational elements you need to take into consideration to make sure ABM is a success in your organization if you're if you're starting out. So on that note, let's take it away. Dean, you do a lot of strategy work with our clients. I mean, and you, you do that from the very beginning all the way to the mature stages of their ABM journey. What are some of the important building blocks marketers need to keep in mind when getting started with abm i think it's a really good question and i think what's really
3: important is setting those expectations across the organization as well as how like starting those conversations whether it be with sales or account managers or customer success, and kind of giving them an understanding and a taste of you know what a world of abm would look like for them as well as getting them on board understanding what actually makes sense and what value that they'll get it, get from it in comparison to maybe other marketing methods so i think that's definitely the the biggest one that i'd see off the bat
2: yeah I, I agree with you i think the what what i usually say is that you have to get the organization excited about abm that is number one objective and you got to get sales excited and you got to get leadership excited. And if you don't do that, good luck. What's, um, what are your thoughts in terms of like getting these people excited? Like what what would you recommend people should do to, uh, to get people excited, get leadership and sales excited? I think the, the biggest one is just opening their
3: eyes to what it could be. I think us as marketers, we often, you know, talk in like big pitches and talk about all these sexy acronyms and all these kind of things that, you know, sales doesn't really care about. And so if we can go to them and talk about, you know, the accounts that you're super excited to close, how can we put a plan together that actually kind of moves towards that progress, whether they've never been experienced and they have no exposure to the company, or they're even a current customer and trying to expand with different products within solutions. So I think that's definitely the biggest thing. Uh, We don't want to talk about impressions and clicks and things like that we want to talk about are these people understanding the content are they building relationships are we talking about increasing revenue those kind of things
2: yeah that's that's those are those are good points those are good points i i found that showing good case studies could help where i think i think if you're trying to get buy-in from sales going out there and finding solid case studies and Turning to sales and be like, "Hey, this is potentially what we could do for your accounts," and it really puts the sales team. It gives perspective to the sales team, and and they're like, "Wow, yeah, if if you could if you could do that for me, you all of a sudden start talking their language. You start talking the 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 sweet commish that uh, that they're gonna get from closing the deals, and and, and the increased likelihood of them getting the commission." By, uh, by running a campaign like that and, and how, how much easier it's going to be to open up those doors. I think, I think that's, um, that's really crucial. What, what else? What are some of the other foundational pieces you reckon that are important to take into consideration? Yeah, I think just on your previous point, there's
3: been many times where we might do a campaign with one or two AEs and then they'll kind of slowly see that working. And then by the end of it, when we got a heap of results and they're super excited, all the other AEs start looking around and they get excited by it as well. And before you know it, you have, you know, a big group of people who are quite excited and, you know, happy to kind of contribute their time and energy and and those kind of things. So I think that's a a massive part of it and definitely kind of visualizing what's possible.
2: That's a big one. I mean, we've had challenges where, You know, we're talking to an organization and they're like, oh, you know, we have 10 AEs and we really want to cover everybody. Like we got to we got to serve everyone and help everyone out. And man, we do that at the beginning. It's just carnage. It is. It makes the campaign so complicated and it's very important to kind of find that that champion from the sales team. And it could be maybe one, two pushing it if you're you're pushing it if you're if you're working with maybe 3 AEs but I think it still has merit but going beyond 3 AEs in the in the first pilot campaign is really recipe for disaster. I think you brought up such a good point on uh, on that front and it's just every single person that you add increases the complexity of your of your pilot campaign. You haven't run it before, you don't know where where you're going to face some challenges. And you're, you're going to double and triple the potential roadblocks for making that campaign a success. Great, great point. Great point. What about account list? Account lists
3: are a, a fun one. So I think, you know, there are a lot of times where maybe it's seen that, you know, marketing is a bit of a servant to sales. And then sales have this amazing list that they've put together, which we have no concept or idea of how they did that and then it's kind of handed on the plate of the marketer to kind of go with that and and run with it. I think what's super important if the marketing can get engaged throughout that entire process of putting that together so really understanding you know why are these counts trying to figure out what are the best ways where we can get the most bang for our buck because most often if you're starting out in ABM you Probably don't have a massive budget and you want to show some quick wins early. So maybe going after these, you know, really hard accounts might not be the best idea. And knowing where you've had success previously, whether it's, you know, recent closed one accounts, industries where you have lots of case studies, you know, there might be something external, maybe some changes in, you know, government or or politics requiring them to have certain software. There's a lot of different factors that come into play, but I think it's really important to get that entire picture and work collaboratively with the sales team rather than them just handing
2: down a list to you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I find that there is a range when we work with clients, and I find that there are clients that we would talk to and they're like, hey, we have our we, we our AEs or maybe our enterprise AEs have 30 accounts that they got to target, and that's where we start. And that is a lot of the work gets, is done for account selection at that point, right? You have, uh, you, you're kind of ahead of the curve when something like that happens. Now, that doesn't mean that those are perfect accounts, but there is still a lot of the work. It's narrowed down to 30 accounts. Now you got to kind of decide and I'm just spitballing on, on, on 30, but you have a great starting point to say, hey, maybe we're going to focus on 10 of these, or maybe we're going to, because 10 of them are in the financial sector, we've got a lot of case studies, just like you mentioned. And that's a great place to, uh, to, to be. It's easier place to be versus, and this happens a lot as well. well I don't know what your thoughts are, but uh, but we go into a, into an account and they're like, yeah, we have no clue what sales is focusing on. And then they go talk to the sales team and they come back and they're like, yeah, I, I am not convinced that even sales knows which accounts they're focusing on. And that becomes a little bit more challenging in terms of, okay, how do we now go about selecting our accounts? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's really important. I think one
3: of the things is when a lot of people come to us, they kind of want to jump in and start doing all the execution at the beginning and kind of how can we reduce the amount of time that we work on the strategy where it's actually really important to get that that foundation set whether it's you know that alignment between sales and marketing whether it's a clean and you know well-defined account list a clear understanding of what the success metrics is and how we're actually going about that as well as maybe tiering accounts if you want to kind of go in a a little bit more more technical so it's it's definitely really important to kind of put that work in early collaborate and and build out that list as a team and then that'll kind of pay off dividends down in the future
2: i usually say just to re-emphasize what you said I usually say 50% of the campaign success is dependent on the accounts that we select and if we've selected the right accounts. And that goes in so many different directions where we go into an organization and they give us the accounts that they're like, oh, nobody has been able to break into com- Commonwealth and Westpac or any of the major banks. Let's, do, let's put that for ABM. And uh, that's just, that is red flag for marketers if that's what happens because there is a reason that, that, that nobody has been able to kind of crack that vertical or that size of organization or that kind of category of organizations. And just putting in an ABM does not necessarily mean that now you're definitely going to crack into those accounts and, and, and you're going to go in. There could be some product specific areas that are, are not a good fit. There could be um, messaging. There's there are multiple different factors that might make the product unsuitable for those so could be very mindful of uh saying hey abm is for big strategic accounts right so let's put these that um that we've never been able to get into in in our abm program dean what do you think let's 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 move on right so let's move on what what else do you think is important i'm i'm a marketer i'm thinking about starting abm what what else do i need to take into consideration i think
3: one thing to definitely consider is to understand that you know ABM is very much a a long-term game. And so, you know, you might come up with, you know, you have all these accounts that you really want to do all of these things with in such a short amount of time. But I think it's really important to go, you know, let's play the long game. Let's pick a maybe a smaller number of accounts. Let's do a really kind of well-done campaign. And then through that journey of the first kind of pilot and kind of doing that first time, there's a lot of kinks that you might not kind of expect coming into it, whether it's kind of engagement with different groups of people, maybe a different software isn't doing what you need it to do. Maybe it's reporting, you know, there's a few different things that come out out of it. But once you've done that, that first one, you can do a bit of a retrospective understanding, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And then that I feel like pays off tenfold once you start moving into the next one. And then so from there, you can kind of build from the ground up your, you know, a platform for doing ABM. And that really sets you sets you forward in the future.
2: Yeah, the pilot is is pretty handy and pretty important. I, I agree with you. And also, I, I think at the beginning you touched on the expectation management and and the fact that it takes time to to start seeing results that is so important that is so crucial to turn to leadership and say hey here are short-term here are medium-term here are long-term kpis don't please don't come knocking on our door three months in and say where's the revenue where you know have we generated even pipeline have we generated a pipeline it takes time when you have 10 accounts and you're targeting 10 accounts and and um and trying to kind of open doors and create pipeline from there. It takes, takes time and it's really important to set those expectations beforehand because it is very uncomfortable conversation to have in the middle of the campaign, talking about trying to justify why there is no revenue three months into the campaign. And so I think, I think that's really crucial. What else do you got, Dean? What, what else do you think are some of the important points marketers need to keep in mind? when going about their first ABM campaign?
3: I think definitely one really important thing is just that level of communication throughout the campaign. So there's obviously times where sales or customer success might be heavily involved, whether it's us doing interviews to kind of pull that information out from them that kind of gets siloed at times. But then there'll be times as well where we'll be taking that that information away, we'll be analyzing it, we might be working on messaging for the campaign, or we might even be working on you know different content pieces or different assets that go into the campaign as well. So there might be periods where we might seem like ghosts and kind of go a little bit quiet. And so during those periods, I think it's really important to make sure that they understand where things are at. Maybe it's a timeline that they can look at just so they can understand from their perspective, right, I've done, I've put in this work here. and Then at this stage, we're expecting to go live with you know, advertising, for example, and then here's the time where, you know, a sales development rep might get involved and then it gives them an idea of, you know, around this time, there should be some kind of level of engagement. Maybe I might need to do a few discovery calls, those kind of things. And just so, you know, if we can plan out as far ahead as possible, it really sets expectations and allows them to plan and make sure that we actually have them when we need them.
2: Very true. Because, I mean, it ties so... so clearly into the previous point that we talked about where ABM campaigns take a long time and sales team members or leadership get they don't get anxious but they're like what happened we marketing came in and did this presentation and showed us case studies and got us excited and we haven't heard anything for the past month and uh, and if if marketing doesn't have the marketing person doesn't have a plan to keep the sales team, in the loop at all points, that is, again, it's going to be very difficult to to re-engage them after, you know, a couple of months of working on a campaign and now trying to launch it. And they're like, oh, you remember what we talked about last quarter? And then the salesperson has switched off and start focusing on other things. So really important to keep them on that journey. The other thing that I, I think that will accomplish is... It allows the salesperson to understand the amount of work that is going into a campaign. And often, sales might look and say, you know, let's just run a webinar. And it's not very clear for them how much work is going to go in to run a webinar because all they see is the tip of the iceberg running the webinar. And boom, that's it. They don't see the uh, finding the speakers and then deciding what time it's gonna it's gonna run, uh, getting the signups and having the copy ready for the 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 webinar itself, the backups. Uh, there's so much that goes in that they don't see that. Multiply that by ten times the ABM. And if, if they can't see what's happening, they're not going to value it. So I think keeping them in the loop and even getting them involved with some of the work that, that is happening is going to be super crucial to, uh, to have them part of that journey and make sure that they, uh, they understand that the, the, the amount of work that goes in. And then when the execution comes in, they're going to have a much stronger buy-in to work with you to make sure that campaign is a success because they've seen how much work has gone in to, uh, to get to that point.
3: Yeah, that's definitely a, a great point you raise. I think the idea of collaborating with them early on and then actually using the information that you've gathered from them, whether it might be a really unique perspective on a particular industry and their experience on how to kind of engage them and what works for them. If you use that information that they've provided and kind of demonstrate that, in some of the assets that you put together, they'll kind of be really excited that you're actually working together and, you know, on board as a team rather than you kind of going, all right, I'll listen to you and then I'll just do whatever I want, making it a much more kind of collaborative process. And that's where we've seen definitely the the best results, whether it's kind of getting the account executive in or it's even like a subject matter expert, a technical person, you know, as many people you can that kind of understand the environment that you're going after is you'll kind of get that, result back massively in the end with success in the, in the campaign.
2: Yeah, very true, very true. Salespeople have to sell stuff to people and, and have to make others, they, they have to work really hard for people to listen to them and I feel like when they find someone who actually does listen to them and take things that they say into consideration, I think they get pretty excited. Uh, from from that angle. So uh, I think that's that's an important point. I think the other component that that marketers need to take into consideration is the style of ABM that they're going to run. What are your thoughts on that, Dean?
3: Yeah, I think that's a, a, a really big question and it does vary very much business to business. So I'd say a, a few things that do kind of come to mind when thinking about tiering and, and things like that is, you know, understanding the the TAM or the total addressable market, understanding what like the lifetime value of a customer might be. And for, you know, a lot of customers that could range from, you know, a few dollars a month to, you know, million-dollar deals. So understanding where kind of the lay of the land is for that means you can then make decisions on how you'll go after. So, for example, if an account were to sign a contract with you today and that'd be worth around, you know, $250,000, the amount of investment that you could give towards that account is much larger than one who maybe pays you $20,000. And so in that case, it gives you a little bit more wheelhouse to work with. And so for the $250,000 example, it would make sense to maybe go after a a scale campaign or maybe even one-to-one and and start in that top tier where if you have lots of accounts in kind of that, that lower level of LTV, maybe it's worth looking at more of a programmatic or maybe even like a, a light scale campaign.
2: Yeah, very true, very true. If you wanted to, do you have a rule of thumb of like what type of ABM you would go for if a company is starting with ABM? And I know this is like a big rule, of like a big generalization, but what, what do you think?
3: It's obviously a really hard question to answer, but I think, you know, no information given. I think scale is a really good place to start. I think when you're in that one-to-one tier, you have kind of less eggs in your basket, theoretically. And so to demonstrate results, you're really putting a lot of your emphasis on maybe you know one to five accounts, where if you're going on more of a scale side of things, maybe you pick a a vertical on an industry, for example. And if you have thirty accounts in there, the likelihood of you getting at least some success and showing some results to the sales team is, is definitely a lot higher. And for for most cases, you know, in where in the companies that we work with in the sales space, Scale does make sense in terms of the amount of investment that you've put in and the amount of return that you can get. So I definitely start start there. And then kind of based on how that goes, you can test out one to few. Maybe you do a programmatic campaign and then based on the results of that you can pull them up into a scale campaign. There's a lot of different things you can do once you're actually, you know, off the ground. No, I, I I'm I'm
2: completely with you on that. Dean, before we wrap up, anything else that you think is important. For uh, for someone who's starting with ABM, to take into consideration that foundational pieces, they should take into consideration before diving into ABM or running their first campaign.
3: Yeah, it's a, a great question. I'd say the thing that's probably top of mind for me is ABM is a lot different than maybe some of the other campaigns that you might do. So whether that might be you know Google Ads or kind of doing some lead generation, those kind of things, they're always looking at that direct. Response like, do I have an email address? And kind of going out there and trying to get as much as uh, MQLs as, as we can. Uh, and I think it's really important just to set expectations with yourself first, as well as the rest of the team, understanding you know what am I going to get out of this, and how is this different than maybe a typical kind of lead generation campaign
2: that I've run in the past. Gold. Well, let's wrap it up here. I think we've we've shared a fair bit of uh, there's there's a fair bit of points that we've talked about. But uh, what we also want to know is we want to hear from our listeners. And if this is something that you found valuable, if we should keep doing this with our team members, internal team members from X Growth about our our experiences and what we are doing and what we are seeing results with and what we're not seeing results with, we definitely want to hear from you and let us know if we should do more of these episodes. But uh, on that note, Dean, thanks a lot for coming on the pod, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: We just dropped the first in-depth study into account-based marketing in the region. We surveyed more than 50 senior APAC marketing practitioners to uncover ABM usage, motivations, benefits, and pain points across the Asia Pacific region. We provide actionable insight, optimization techniques, and solutions to key pain points identified in the survey. The State of Account-Based Marketing APAC report is an invaluable guide B2B marketers seeking to harness the power of ABM. Get your copy today at abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. That's abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. Or you can just hit the link in the podcast description to get your copy.
1: Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Sumido with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make this show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, director of growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just interested in a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.